Hello, I'm ABC7's Teresa Gutierrez. Welcome to another edition of The Enya Beat. Today we'll share a mixed bag of stories, from enterprising business opportunities to the celebration of art through music. Along with my colleagues John Garcia and Stacey Baca, we'll share the risk and rewards that are the hallmark of these businessmen and artists. Our first story ushers in the changing face of industry leaders in every facet of business as corporate America continues to pursue diversity. To help promote the Latino professional, Chicago-based BGNH Publishing has launched a bi-monthly magazine titled Hispanic Executive. The G in the company's name belongs to COO Pedro Antonio Guerrero. With this magazine, he hopes to ensure Latinos are part of every successful business plan. Chicago's always been a place that is conducive for independent thinking, uh, for upstart magazines like ours. His business acumen comes from his great-grandfather who established Rosarita Food Products. He was an entrepreneur. He had this idea of being the Henry Ford of uh, uh, tamales. <laughs> his artist sensibility comes from his grandfather, a photographer. There's a strong similarity between being an artist and being an entrepreneur. I think it's given me the insight and the ability and the, the want and the need to start this publication here in Chicago. Representing a fourth generation of Guerrero businessmen, Pedro has established himself as a publisher. Hispanic Executive is a resource uh, for people like my great-grandfather, people that were starting out, people that were trying to figure out a way to make it for themselves, entrepreneurs. It's a resource for people looking to see Hispanics facing similar challenges mixed with uh, narratives that are familiar to their own. After completing an MFA from the School of the Art Institute, he collaborated with a classmate, Chris Howe, to start Hispanic Executive, a magazine that would highlight accomplished business executives. My experience is more on the editorial and journalism side. Uh, so Pedro's been, you know, just a great asset because we really make a, a strong team. From a business side, he has a really great understanding about sales, about marketing, and he has a very interesting take on the demographic that I didn't really understand. Um, and so he's got a lot of insight, I think, into, you know, where the lacks are in Hispanic media. The lack of media outlets promoting a positive Latino image helped Pedro focus the magazine's editorial content. Mainstream media has a lot of independent voices uh, and the Hispanic market doesn't have as many relative to its size. Good journalism and design is the strength of the Hispanic executive, a responsibility that Pedro shares with a small but talented staff. I'm looking for people to profile that are really leading the Hispanic business community. Basically anyone who has a story to tell and can really provide business strategies and insight to our readership. So we talk not only about you know, traditional business best practices and strategies, we also talk about how Hispanic culture relates to what they do. There's also the arts and cultural section of the, of the publication. That's a place where our readers can really get a, a look at what's happening across the country nationally uh, by Hispanic artists, musicians. One thing I really love about the magazine is that we're really showing how 
Hispanics are part of the mainstream business community. It's not rare to see a Hispanic in the top tier of a company. The opportunity to promote Hispanics to all levels of business is what drives the magazine and Pedro's commitment to a quality publication. I think this magazine has a potential to be an important tool for the Hispanic business community. And it's largely um, a magazine for inspiration, for creating dialogue, but also just reassuring that this community has a place in a future you know, in the current uh, business environment. Hispanic Executive is a business-to-business -business publication, so you won't find it on magazine stands. For more information about BGNH Publishing, you can log on to our website, abc7chicago.com. Coming up next on the Enya Beat, Stacy Baca introduces us to Clemente Nicado, a publisher in his own right. He has launched a quarterly publication titled Negocios Now. Welcome back to the Enya Beat. For Latinos navigating the challenges of a small business, there can be many roadblocks to prosperity. Clemente Nicado believes language should not be one of them. His solution was to launch a new newspaper that offers business information in Spanish. Stacy Baca has this story. In its title, Negocios Now combines negocios, the Spanish word for business, and now for a sense of urgency. So what's in a name? Well, clearly this bilingual title for a Spanish publication signals a change in how business understands a bicultural economic opportunity. The Hispanic business community is growing, growing every year, uh, faster than others, but they need resources, they need key information to be successful. I saw the necessity for Hispanic business community to have a strong paper, good designer, and high content. In 2003, with the successful launch of the business section for the Spanish-language daily Hoy to his credit, Clemente saw a niche market for Hispanic business owners. We have, in Illinois, around 40,000 Hispanic entrepreneurs. So I asked myself, why we don't have uh, a newspaper uh, focused in Hispanic uh, business community in Chicago? A quarterly publication, Negocios Now, is distributed to area businesses with plans to offer a subscription service next year. Local and relevant information is a balance Clemente strives to achieve with every issue. A feature on Chicago fashion designer Elda de la Rosa is the kind of business success story that readers have come to expect. It's curious because in this, the same issue I had an exclusive interview with the mayor daily. We made the decision to put Elda de la Rosa because this is Hispanic, it's a strong story. Although the scope of Negocios Now goes beyond the traditional Latino business districts in Chicago, Clemente is quick to recognize the strength of areas like Little Village and the 26th Street Corridor. 26th Street is the capital of the Hispanic business in Chicago. Dulcelandia is a, is a good example how two different generations can come together to grow a business. That's the story that negotiators now have to, to run. 
Understanding the need to access good business information in Spanish is the niche market that Clemente has tried to serve with the newspaper. Along the way, he has been fortunate to grow his business writing the economic reality of the Latino market. Many corporations who, that want to reach Hispanic market have been advertising from Walmart, Citibank, National Citibank, Harris Bank, a lot of major corporations that identify negotiations now like a group paper that target Hispanic business community. I think that we have in Chicago a lot of resources. So what I recommend to Hispanic business community is to get information about these resources. This year, Clemente plans to launch Chicago Hispano, a new neighborhood newspaper targeted at the business owners with limited advertising dollars. Like Negocios Now, he is leading the way with local access to resources and business information. This next story speaks to the ingenuity needed in tough economic times. David Andalcio is back at work with an old friend and the vision to gain a foothold for Latinos in renewable energy. I'm an entrepreneur, and as you know, entrepreneurs know no risk. The fallacy is that we understand risk. We don't. David, under the banner of his own company, Windelco Enterprises, is in the research and development phase of a wind turbine. The industry that has any potential to create jobs is wind and alternative and sustainable energy. Well, the opportunity presented to me is to take the operations that we have today and expand it into building is energy efficiency uh, turbines. The wind turbine is similar to the solar panels that allows homes, businesses, and municipalities to collect energy that is turned into electricity. The two last WE conferences, which is the association that represents the wind industry, there were 5,000 participants three years ago. At McCormick Place, there were 25,000. And I was just in Dallas, Texas, and there was at least 75 to 100,000 attendees, but all the boots, all the manufacturers, no minorities. A businessman and a longtime advocate for jobs in the Latino community, Nelson Carlo is president of the Carlo Steel Corporation on Chicago's southeast side. He operates one of the few fabrication and erection plants for structural steel in the shadow of the now vacant United States Steel Plant. I'm probably the largest factory in the Southeast Chicago area, but yet there's hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people unemployed there. And it has to be something done to be able to create jobs for these people. Right now, there is a desperate need for manufacturing. The passion behind it is creating jobs. As Mr. Carlo said, it gives great compassion to create jobs and opportunities because you see the need. Born in Trinidad, Tobago, David's new business venture is challenging, a challenge he is prepared to master. When I arrived here, I was 14 years old. Uh, we had no money. Anything you wanted, you had to either buy it or find it. Uh, our first TV, we found in an alley and fixed it. Banking on the country's need to be self-sufficient in terms of energy, David Andalcio and Nelson Carlo are comfortable charting a new course as Chicago's pioneers in the energy business. It's time that we get focus, and there is a focus, on the environment. And the only way to do that is to cut into carbon footprint, and that's by having alternative energy resources. This is one of the industries now 
that can do what the automotive industry did, what the rail industry did, what manufacturing did 40, 50 years ago. And this could be the beginning of a new industry in Chicago. We're going to clean up our environment. We're going to bring a new industry. We're going to create jobs. We're going to have a whole new way of thinking. A new way of thinking. That's no easy task in any business. David and Nelson are harnessing the energy of their past business success to help Latinos access a share of this new energy initiative. Coming up next on the Enya Beat, we'll turn our attention to music, to distinct genres that are influencing the art of Latino history and culture. Welcome back. I'm ABC7's Teresa Gutierrez. In music as in business, opportunity can be found by filling a need. And with that, Sones de Mexico, Chicago's premier folk music ensemble, was born. We started in a gallery, and we did a small performance there, and it was a hit, and everyone was asking us, What's the name of the band? Where can we reach you? We had no answers for anything like that. So uh, about a week later, we printed some business cards, and then we started. When Sones de Mexico started, there really wasn't anything like it here in the Midwest. And our group really uh, filled a niche that did not exist before. If their music sounds familiar, that's because Sones de Mexico has made a career of exploring the folk music traditions of Mexico. Many people were familiar with the music. They had heard it because many folkloric dance companies danced to this style of music, but they had not heard it live. And when, when they heard it, there was this air of familiarity with the music, and they were immediately drawn to what we were doing. We play guapangos, we play gustos, we play chilenas, music from Chiapas and Yucatan. And there's such diversity in Mexican music, and many times uh, a lot of this music is not heard outside of their regions. Juan Diaz is a group's founder and was fortunate to find the talented Victor Pichardo to fill the job of music director. In Mexico, in the late uh, 70s, I started to uh, travel in my country to uh, find traditions, stories, uh, the music they play in every region. Today, the group also counts the talents of Victor's son, Zacpe, a percussionist and the band's harp player, schooled in the folk traditions of Mexico. I love playing this style of music. And when I was able to, to play as a full-time member of uh, Sonos de Mexico, it was kind of like a dream come true, you know? And I mean, playing with my dad, it's, it just makes it that much better because, you know, I, I would usually see him when I was a kid on the stages playing uh, in these huge concerts and stuff. And so I would always be, be proud of him. The group has played for international audiences with four albums to their credit. They hope to share the diversity of song with anyone willing to listen. The only way to be able to keep this music going is basically by exposing it. Not just mariachi music or jarocho or guapango, but there are more styles that uh, the world should, should know, starting in Mexico. Sometimes Mexicans don't know what, the, what they have in their own house. You have to have a choice 
and every time that we play in, a, you know, in a small town in Ohio or Indiana or anywhere in the U.S. that never have heard this music, they're they're getting the choice. Along with this father and son duo, Juan Diaz has formed this sextet with talent he discovered right here in Chicago. Lorena Iñiguez, she is a dancer and she also does uh, vihuela, jarana, percussion, flute. We also have uh, Juan Rivera, the violinist, and he also plays requinto and other instruments. And we also have Javier Saume, our drummer. He also plays marimba and percussion. With so much musical talent, recognition for their innovative folk arrangements was quick to find them, putting them in contention for music's most coveted award. Sones de Mexico's uh, third album, entitled Esta Tierra es Tuya, This Land is Your Land, was nominated for a Latin Grammy, and a couple months later it was nominated for a Grammy for Best Mexican Album. We have a great team of people. Everyone likes the style of music that we play, and we also bring something new to every stage that we go to. It's hard to, to compare us to, to other bands. This year, the Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs hosted the Sonar Music Festival, commercially underwhelming as music festivals go. But for electronica fans everywhere, this import from Barcelona, Spain, is every bit as powerful for an age ruled by electronics. John Garcia has this story. If the drone of the music sounds familiar, it should be. This is electronica, a genre with roots in Chicago's house music. This year, the Sonar Festival of Electronic Music and Media Art celebrated a homecoming of sorts. Chicago has a big electronic roots because of house music and dance music in general. Chicago is one of the essential symbols for house music. To begin the Sonar Festival, Faraon, or Pharaoh in English, took center stage. Solo artist Jose Rosello, who hails from Catalonia, Spain, is the definition of a one-man band. Festivals like Sonar gives the opportunity to other artists uh, who try to experiment with the sounds, with the textures, with the music, to express themselves. I think in, in the electronic music, there's a lot of styles, there's a lot of musicians, there's a lot of good uh, things in electronic music. But I think there's not too much uh, emotivity, you know, there's not too much uh, humanity. I'm a musician because all my life I've been a musician. I don't like to say I'm an artist because I think there's a kind of pretentious thing. So, no, oh, no, you don't understand me because I'm an artist. No, maybe you don't understand me because my music doesn't work for you, that's all, you know. What I want to bring to Chicago with my music is um, is to say to people, you can do whatever you want if you want to do it. I mean, if you want to make music by yourself, you alone, you can. A solo artist and an artist coming of age, Jose, like the Sonar Festival, embraces the opportunity to become a worldwide movement. Internet and electronica, they go very close together. Electronica is basically making music with computers or with the help of them. <laughs> alone or in groups of musicians. The Sonar Festival brought its international brand to Chicago for two days, gracing the Pritzker Pavilion and the Chicago Cultural Center with a wall of sound and vision. The festival 
festival, I think, in any music genre is a, is a showcase uh, to bring something that is unknown to the people and make it known. So uh, that's basically our, our task, you know, to make things that are not familiar with uh, brought to light. Like many musicians in the genre, the group Bradian is just happy to have an audience for their music. And the Sonar Festival has made that possible. We really, really like to play and we are not really expecting anything in special because we don't really know how they are going to react about our music, but we, we have a lot of illusion to come here and to play. Absent from most of this music are lyrics and the conventions of popular songwriting. The hook, a lot of technology creating a mood that is uniquely electronica. We don't really know how to describe exactly what the music what we are doing, but uh, mostly it's instrumental music, and we, we are looking for something in the middle of a lot of places. So we're really into, I don't know, like Jamaican music or European cinema music. What we always hope is that people learn new things, like learn about Pharaon, learn about Bradian. That's the biggest thing. The biggest thing is to be able to be trendsetters, to, to kind of uh, put a lead and say, this is the music I like. Do you like it too? And if they like it and if they absorb it and they learn something from it, we're happy. When the Enya Beat returns, I'll have some final thoughts. For more information about the Enya Beat, log on to abc7chicago.com. I'd like to thank Xavier Nuez for allowing us to host our show from his gallery right here in Pilsen. He invites you to stop by to view his work of contemporary photography. For my colleagues, Stacey Bach and John Garcia, I'm Teresa Gutierrez. Thank you for watching this edition of The Enya Beat. <laughs>